Uh, hey, what's up, guys? If you're hearing this, that means uh, episode two is out. Um, and thanks for everybody who listened to episode one. Thanks for everybody who reached out to me. Thanks for the support. You know, like, because uh, like I said, this is just something that I'm starting and I'm working on. And we're going to get into more detail as the episodes improve. Right now, I'm just trying to put something out there. And also, I'm working on uh, putting out on Apple Podcasts. just had a reached a problem us doing that but like uh, today's episode was fun I managed to record with one of my sister's friends and um, someone I knew from high school like he was like my he was like freshman when I was a senior or something like that or like like in my language as we say he was a lighty and you know it was a very great conversation I enjoyed it and you know I wasn't expecting that you know I'm someone who can say it's a snob about this music thing so like the conversation that I have with people like the the, the conversation I have uh, with people whose opinion I respect and uh, I came out of this conversation having a very high respect for Tino's opinions even him as a writer even him you know uh, starting off as a rapper so like three again I'm I'm excited for this episode hopefully you guys enjoy and as we get as I get this together I'm gonna get the intro right I'm gonna get everything right and I, I, I don't want to come across as a rambler but I'm gonna get this together but like the next goal is to work on um, putting on Apple podcast and just try and promote as best as I can we just reached a couple glitches whilst trying to set this up but again thanks for the support hopefully you guys enjoy the second episode again yeah thanks again to Tino for even doing this and coming on and uh before i go i just want to clear something about something on the episode that i said about the wale and drake and how you know like comparing i wasn't really comparing wale and drake but i was just saying that you know i feel like what i was trying to say was like i feel like wale makes the same music for women as a drake show but like i don't know why wale doesn't connect or anything like that but we'll get more into these uh combos as we go on and then i might start making these like a little like my lone business rant or like business song of the week or something like that but again i appreciate everybody who listens support please subscribe even if you don't listen to this just subscribe on Spotify and then again we're gonna these are gonna improve and there's gonna be a more considered effort to um to and more attention to details to get along if you listen to this and you know me you know like i'm gonna work on this and this you know but again i don't want to sound like i'm rambling again Enjoy this episode. Looking forward to your feedback. We should be getting another episode next week. It might be guest or guestless. I'm thinking about the time I do a guestless episode where I just get to talk about myself. People get to know me. Thank you. All right. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of everything is rap this might be second or third episode like it depends on how they're going to come out but um as usual it's your host uh tanaka tk on bizzle like i'm still deciding which name to go by and today i got a guest with me his name is uh tino mm-hmm. uh, i know tino from back home in zimbabwe i uh, went to the same went to the same high school Went to yeah. the, I don't yeah went to the same high school and then uh it was in the same year as my sister, so I've known him for like I've known him for a long time but it was just like I knew him through my son I knew him I don't know is that, is that is that correct you know or like yeah for sure so like I knew you 
from school. Like, I definitely knew of you. And then, like, I became close friends with your sister along the way. So, yeah, I've definitely just known of you. I don't think we've ever, like, had a conversation like this, you know. Obviously, like, this is a podcast, but, like, I'm talking more, like, at length, like, you know, sit down, et cetera, et cetera. No. Yeah. <laughs> and in high school, me was kind of, like, chilled. Like, I am right now, chilled, laid back, but, like, you know, you had to open it up to people. But, yeah. yeah. You know, and then, so, like, this is how we connected right now, because um, my sister randomly, I called my sister on Monday, me and my, me and my sister and brother randomly have, randomly have a, a group WhatsApp call, mm-hmm. you know, the other day, and then when my brother gets off saying he's going to call us later, my, me and my sister stay on the call, and then, like, I'm telling my sister, like, yeah, so, you know, like, uh, I end up just starting my podcast, and I record an episode, and she's like, for real? I'm like, yeah. You know, she's like, what's that about? And I'm telling her, like, you know, it's about rap and everything is rap and what it's about. And then she's like, oh. It's, first of all, she was like, so when are you going to have me on? And I was like, I didn't think you wanted to be on. And she was like, she was like, yeah, of course, if you ask me. And then she was like, yeah, I know yeah. someone. She's like, I know someone. I should, you know, I'll try connection. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. All right. Yeah. Sorry to interject, but like I think your sister would be a great host on the pod because um, I've had conversations with her on rap, like lengthy back and forth. And yeah, she knows her shit. She's an opinionated woman who, yeah, knows a little bit about the craft, super passionate about it as well, and always interesting, as you probably know. Yeah, me and my sister, like, you know, she knows her shit. I mean, she sticks to her guns too, so like, ooh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know. it's hard to convince her of anything. No, sir. yeah, it is hard. We're probably gonna get into trouble for this part. Oh yeah, <laughs> but so then we connected, and then you know here we are uh, recording. So like, um, this was start by asking you, like, uh, what are your first like um, music memories or? Like you, you said something that that kind of was crazy to me when you were like you've been listening to Drake since your preteens, and I, you know, like I was like, oh. yeah, yeah, around there. Um, so actually, um, so I'm from Zimbabwe, uh, just like you, right? Uh, but I've been living in Belgium for the past like nine years or so. I moved like in my late teens, right? And um, ever since I uh, was, like, super young, like, um, I'd probably say, like, when I was nine, eight, like, I was um, really into hip-hop already. I had a big brother who um, used to burn CDs, right? So now I'm showing my age a little bit because, like, burning CDs, these TikTok kids won't know anything about that. But he used to burn CDs, like, with, a lot of 50 Cent, a lot of Ja Rule, a lot of Fat oh, wow. Joe, uh, Jada Kiss. So, like, wow. that's when I got my start into really, like, uh, listening to rap. Because it was all I used to listen to. Like, you know, like, imagine, like, you're looking up to someone and, like, mm-hmm. they're, like, you know, on this thing. And that's the cool thing to them. That yeah. becomes a cool thing to you, right? Mm. So, yeah, that was my start. And we had this, like, JVC um, back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> Because, you know, all the Zimbabwean parents had to have the JVC, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that stereo system. And we used to blast music on there. So that was my start to like like rap and hip hop, like really big into it. Um, earlier, I was familiar with like MC Hammer. Like there was this cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> there was this cassette tape my parents had uh, that had MC Hammer on it. And because it was like one of the very few cassette tapes that we actually owned, I used to watch that on repeat. So like very familiar with MC Hammer's early work, very familiar with like 50 Cent, Ja Rule. Their beef was like my entrance into like really being invested in rap. And wow, yeah, ever since, like, you know, I've just been a fan from then on. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You mentioned uh, MC Hammer. MC yeah, Hammer, right? Yeah, MC Hammer. That's crazy. Like, MC mm. Hammer was huge. He had a cartoon, all that. Like, I remember as a kid, like, you know, mm. you know. and then the JVC, my parents <laughs> had that. And of then, course. Like, I remember, I remember when, like, my dad first got, like, the three, the CD changer. Oh. just changer. Ooh. Yeah. Like, where you put three <laughs> CDs and then it'll play, mm. like, and then you could also play cassette tapes. Mm. And then you're talking about, like, being able to burn CDs. I remember, like, when going to, like, my cousin's place, mm-hmm. so going to my grandma's place in Shungiza, and then, like, they're doing the pause play thing where you record via pause and playing on cassette. Right, 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 right. That yes, was, like, yes. <laughs> And I remember that was the first time I ever saw someone record because, like, one mm. of my cousins, I don't know how he did it, but, like, he had done it in such a way, like, he had recorded something on it, like a Coca-Cola on the beat or something like that. And then mm-hmm. you could, well, those radios came with, like, mics or something, and then they were freestyling on it. Right. And it was, like, I remember that, like, but, like, that's, wow. And then, you, yeah, poof, that's Okay, so, so your cu- so so your cousins were like rapping on these tracks. They were like just freestyling. Mm-hmm. So it was like they recorded on the tape. They recorded something on the tape, and then they recorded a beat. Like it was like thirty seconds, and then like right. they would just freestyle, on it, and then they'll be like, "Yo, do you want to freestyle?" But I was like, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> but like I remember because you just said JVC, and I just remember like how like that era was with like the three disc changes coming. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. My dad had an LP player, so like we used to store LPs and mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you know. And like, so what's the age difference between uh, you and your older brother? Oof. Uh, so my older brother is, I think, thirty-four now. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's like the same. That's like the same age difference between your brother and my older brother. Too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My older brother is 35, so like my older brother is where I got like most of the stuff I listen to. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, like Eminem, Kanye, mm. Fabulous. That's fascinating uh, about like how our older siblings kind of like funnel us into our taste of music. And then like we then, as we get older, we then like you know, find our own tastes, but like our foundations already preset because of this, like, you know, older sibling we have. Yeah. And then also, like, how you can put stuff onto another younger sibling. Exactly. And a younger sibling can, like, I've seen, like, a case where, like, the youngest who absorb from both older siblings and then mm. tend to know more and then be able to be, like, in the know with what's going on. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to lie to you, I'm now out of the loop with what's really going on. 
nowadays. <laughs> like I'm aware, but like it's like I can't keep up with everything. It's like I'm I'm more aware than a general person. You know, mm. but like it's like I Yeah, it's I think it's definitely harder to keep up with like the music these days because like streaming made it accessible for like everyone and their mother to like upload right and that's mm-hmm. good because like we get like more content and more quality content because everyone has access instead of like the limited um set of artists that were you know handpicked by labels yeah. and that would be on radio etc so like that quantity is just yeah hard to keep up with just because of, like the sheer volumes at which they upload and like the speed at which everyone uploads right yeah that's true and then like streaming kind of opened you know it just like opened it up for everyone else too it's like if you like something that i may not be into now there's a market for it on yes. there and you can eat you can eat you can make money off of it to where you're yes. saying like you could you know back in the day labels would handpick artists like I remember mm-hmm. someone always used to give an example, like if there wasn't no streaming, you wouldn't have a future and designer. Mm-hmm. You'd have a future and designer situation because like back in the day, as soon as designer came out and you recorded his demo, if he was to go to a label, they're going to tell him immediately, like, yo, you sound like future. We're not going to push this. <laughs> it's not going to make sense. But like with streaming, it's like, yo, the song was so hot. Then mm-hmm. by the time by the time people got onto it and then Kanye jumped onto it, like it was like oh, like it was so crazy that people thought the future was on the album and it was designer. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like back in the day, that would have happened. And then it also gives like independent acts. It also gives people like the chance the chance not to sign to labels. Also, yeah. Like in you know the independent grind of like the Westside Guns, the Chance the Rappers. Mm-hmm. You know, and then also opens up for like international music like you know like i start to see my friends they talk about people like nasty c right because they now it's that you know like you look at what WizKid has managed to do like in, over the last year mm-hmm. i don't think that would be possible that stream and then i remember like uh i remember 10 years ago like mm-hmm. um mi used to do the mi it was a, a rapper from Nigeria, mi albaga mm-hmm. he had like um, yeah. Well, you know when the MTV, you know, MTV Jam, is it MTV mm-hmm. Jams or MTV Bass back home? Yeah. Where they'll mm-hmm. have the little interview, like two-minute interviews before, like, the next show or, like, next video. So he was doing an interview and I was saying, like, yo, 10 years from now, uh, we're going to be hearing Afro beats and, like, America going to see Jay-Z probably rapping over Afro beats or, like, dancing to Afro beats. And, like, in 2010, that sounds so ridiculous. And I was like, but, like, Americans ain't, thinking about that like it didn't it didn't sound like there was something that would happen and then like you know right. 10 10 11 years later you got like i'm a piano like doing a masego remix you've got mm-hmm. um, drake and and thames, thames yeah mm-hmm. you know drake and like, whiskey drake and whiskey you got like what's name i like what's name always collabs with a lot of afro pop artists and the songs that sound good black yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. So. Okay. So after, like, you know, the early discovery of what you were listening, when who was like the first person that you were like, oh, this is what I discovered, or this is what I like, and you were like, this is the rapper that I like or artist that I like. Mm. 
Mm. Interestingly enough, I'd say um, that was Eminem for me. Because, um, so my brother was super into like, uh, you know, DMX, Jaru, 50 Cent, right? Mm -hmm. But he didn't really like Eminem um, (laughs) for his reasons. And I loved Eminem at the time, right? Like, you know, being young, being super impressionable and like, you know, the very off-kilter subject matter he had um his persona was very like you know out there and i think like being young and you know easily gravitating towards like you know uh the bizarre the quirky like eminem was that guy for me and that was like i would say my first like individual um choice i made in terms of like my own taste in music as opposed to that being like passed down onto me you know so i'd say eminem okay uh i'm a huge eminem fan eminem is in my top five really yeah eminem eminem is in my, i'm gonna tell my top five later on like when i ask okay. you but like you know eminem not a lot of people like will claim eminem like publicly like that i i mean from my era like nah, that's <laughs> not you know like that's what we like Eminem, my brother used to listen to a lot of Eminem. Like my yeah. best friend is a huge my I'm a, my best friend is a huge Eminem fan. Like to this day, like mm. like we get into it. Like yo, Eminem, no way Eminem is better than I, my 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 argument is always like Jay Z is number one. Mm-hmm. Eminem can rap, you know. Eminem can rap, but like you know, for me, Jay Z is that guy. But like Eminem, from the visuals, the albums, like I know every Eminem album until like. I know every Eminem album until the one after Eight Mile. Until mm-hmm. like the one uh, I forgot the one. He has a compilation album, like he did with like June and stuff. But like until then, and then like Relapse Eminem was kind of that's when it was like ah, yeah. and then he came back. But most people now won't say Eminem publicly because it's like Eminem has gotten to this point where it's like every time you listen to Eminem, he's still trying to show people that he can rap, and it's like mm-hmm. rah. Like, you rap better than everyone else. Like, mm. Now try and switch it up, tone it down, like, mm. use some other pockets. Yeah. yeah, I think what also happened with Eminem is that, like, his content didn't age well. Yes. So, like, the wow. shit he was rapping about, like, just, you know, without 2020, 2021, like, lens our perspective on things. Like, yeah. what is right what's wrong what's offensive what's not what includes what doesn't like eminem's catalog looks a little bit funny in the light right and if you take away what we loved about someone because like i think being young like that you know um thing he did where like he just said what he wanted right regardless Mm -hmm. like of like the degree of offensiveness that yeah. was exciting to my, you know, young, impressionable mind, right? But then when you take away that, um, you're left with someone who's, like, highly skilled, yes, mm-hmm. super talented wordsmith, but beyond that, what are we talking about? R.E. Eminem's. Nah, you're right. You're right. You know, like, growth and um, subject matter also matters, too, because, like, you end up sounding gimmicky, too, like, Mm-hmm. Never used. That's the first time I've actually ever thought like, yo, Eminem's music don't really age well. And like you said, I always knew about the content part, but it was that's a very interesting look at it. And then talking about Eminem, like they he's doing Super Bowl with Dr. Dre and like, yeah, that's that's crazy. 
But like, so that's gonna Eminem, be interesting. I wonder what songs he's gonna perform. Oh, Eminem or Dr. Dre? Eminem. I think Eminem is gonna do. I mean, it's gonna do, you know the basics like my name is. Okay. Um, Does that still ring off in twenty twenty one? I mean, this is like this is just like hit, you know, <laughs> Super Bowl like thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the only person who's got music that's gonna ring off in twenty twenty one on there is Kendrick and okay, Snoop too. Like it's like they're just gonna mash. What it's just gonna be interesting to see how that production to see Dr. Dre level production, uh, in a stadium for a Super Bowl. How you yeah, gonna that's handle crazy. it? Like song, exactly like. So I can't wait to see like how he handles that. But like, I hope he, that... I, I hope he actually like performs or reaches a stage where he's comfortable enough to do that because he's such a perfectionist regarding like sound and shit like that. That's why like we're still waiting for detox, right? Yeah. So I hope he actually like <laughs> shows up. But I think if he's doing it, he's, he's he's one of those people that if he's doing it, he's really doing it. So I think yeah. You know, for him to even for him to even do something like this was kind of like huge. Like, it's, yeah, it's crazy. Doctor Dre don't Doctor Dre don't step out for nobody, and he doesn't need to. And exactly, we, like the legacy is solidified. Like the bag is, you know, that beats bag. You know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. he literally doesn't have to like do anything. But I wonder, like, what. Because, like, I don't know, Super Bowls are usually, like, a rollout, right? It's probably, like, a rollout or something. I mean, it's it's best to have something coming with it because of the eyes on it. Right. It's, it's, the, the you know, it's the biggest thing in America. So, it's, like, so, like, you look at it right now, that means Kendrick has music coming. Because mm-hmm. now even people, not even people are now looking at it, cool. like, people who don't even, they're just looking at me saying, like, so who's Dr. Dre, who's... Mary J. Blige. So, like, right now, the the streams are probably going up. Yeah. Big and then, like, so, all of them are going to time the music coming out, and then they're also going to time album release around there. So, like, Dr. Dre might be working on a detox, per se. You know, so... Maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, you said Eminem. Who else was like that, too? Early on. Yeah, I'd say like Eminem was like really like uh, a discovery that I felt like was my own, and then later on, like I think um, Drake for sure mm. um, was uh, someone I gravitated to early on in his career too. Um, but things like Room for Improvement, like his wow. early mistakes, like So Far Gone, like I was onto that. Like, I still think, like, I'm one of those people who still thinks, like, Fear is Drake's, like, best song ever. No, that's his best song. Is that the one with, like, uh, I didn't cry when Pop died? Yeah. That's the one, right? Yeah. Uh, but I probably will when Hope died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, I love that song. That's, yeah. yeah. So I'm one that's of those top. Drake fans. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's top three Drake right there. Yeah, top, wanna... for me, top one, because... I feel like that song has like the best version of every single version of Drake just concentrated in one song. Mm-hmm. So you have that singing Drake, you have that vulnerable Drake, and then you have that rapping Drake. Wow, my um my favorite Drake song is The Resistance of Thank Me Later. 
The what of can't thank the, me later? The resistance. Oh yeah, okay. That's mm-hmm. my favorite Drake song. Yesterday when we were getting high, you were like, you know, that's uh, I know you so like that's my favorite Drake song. Yeah. I just rolled up with blunt my list of regrets, all that. So like that and fear, but like so okay, what was who was like the first artist like uh you were put on by someone like at school? Like probably you weren't you didn't rate that high or you Probably didn't even know. Mm. I probably say Lil Wayne. Actually, wow, okay. yeah, I remember uh, one of my friends. His name is uh, shout out to Shonesu Kasiamuru. We used to call him Master, right? Okay, yeah. and uh, he was so big on Lil Wayne. And like at the time, I didn't get I, like I just didn't like understand it. I didn't like. I, I thought Lil Wayne was like hard, but like not as hard as he was going for Lil Wayne, right? But like the more he would come to school singing like the Lil Wayne mixtapes, the more he would like just randomly like start rapping Lil Wayne bars, the more I started getting into Lil Wayne and like appreciating him for one of the greats he is. So I think school, yeah, definitely was a playground to not only like, you know, learn about life, learn about yourself, but like really uh treasure trove of like you know everyone's like favorite rappers and then you can pick and choose like what you also love about what they like and then like you can put that in your own like wheelhouse of like rap artists you mess with yeah that's true like Lloyd Lloyd was that guy when I was in high school and that was kind of how I got onto him like I remember the first Lloyd song I heard was like on um uh, midnight edition dubstep like racing game on PlayStation Two. Okay, it has cool. it has like one of the best soundtracks ever. Like mm. you know, and it was Go DJ. Yeah, and then classic. Hustling, yeah, exactly. Then hustling music, and then you know, like I I I never listened to the mixtapes. My best mm. friend was like until he gave me. So like I've never listened to the dedications. I'm right. like dedication four five four. Whatever. I listened to the drop. The drop mm-hmm. two. Best friend gave me was like a double disc, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that was with like the Mr. Jones, like. Uh, Man, Lil Wayne's catalog is so deep. Nah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like you're just listing off like the drought, you're listing off like the dedications, and then like when you even consider like the Carters as well. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of just yeah, like yeah. the depth of music he has then you forget and then you come to the stage and then you go back and then you go like you realize like you're part of a group yeah like the bling bling era the hot boys (laughs) you realize like then there are people who like will tell you like no like y'all talk about like the Mm. the dedication the drop there's the squad up mixtapes before Mm. like that you know and then the Carter one but like Wayne, Can I ask Wayne. you a question about Lil yeah. Wayne, actually? Mm. Um, so I assume you also went back at a later stage to, like, you know, listen to, like, some old Lil Wayne, like, during the Hot Boys era. Mm. Like, going back to that music, can you say, like, it makes sense that this guy from this group popped off and not the others? Not to say, like, the other people in the Hot Boys, like, haven't had, like, solid, like, rap careers. Like, they have, like, successful people but Lil Wayne did that right like he was like the hottest artist in the world at some point mm. can you tell like looking back like yeah that was the guy 
No, I no, no. Okay. But but then, like from just research wise, you just realize like why he says he popped because Lil Wayne says like yo, that's not the music he wanted to make. So mm-hmm. like he says like it was a group. So like Baby had them dressing like that. As I'm rapping like that, but Lil Wayne says like, "Yo, I wanted to be like Jay Z, right? Rockefeller." So like he said, like after like like he said, "I'll I'll dress like that." He said like, "You'd go dressed up like, uh, follow you'd go dressed up like Jay Z and them like New York, and then Berman would be like, "Yo, change into this and rap like this format." So like once he once the group dissolved, then you got free reigns to do what to rap how you wanted to rap. So then mm. that's what how you. You went from like the wobbly wobbly wop rap, you know, like <laughs> more structured, like you know, wheezy, like the cardo flow and all that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Different, you know, him walking up with, like the dipset, like like Luane and Joel. There was a time, mm-hmm. like you know, people look at dipset now, like yeah, they got washed by the locks in the rush <laughs> or whatever. But like, there was a time when dipset Joel Santana was like. Joel Santana and Lil Wayne, like, they were supposed to mm. drop a collab album. Like, it was like, watch the throne before watch the throne. Like, right. Not saying on that quality, but just saying, like, yo, the hype was real. But, like, looking back, mm. no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say that Lil Wayne was. Real. Right. I missed yeah. the whole Dipset era. Yeah. Dipset like, era was... I was. I was surprised to like learn like oh they were popping at the same time like you know Fifty Cent and G Unit were popping. Mm-hmm. They were popping at the same time like Hove was popping, and I was yeah. like eh. they kind of like slipped under my radar until like I was like you know older, and then like looking back, and I was like okay this is Dipset, this is Cam. So I think for me personally, I don't have that same like reverence for Dipset. Mm-hmm as people who actually went through it with them you know i feel like there's such a difference between like experiencing an artist as they are popping and as they are actively making music and then like growing with that music as opposed to just like you know um experiencing that artist like after like their peak is over or like looking back you know that that's true and like I always have this conversation like some of my friends back home with like you know like we just got to experience whatever was the biggest and it was just like marketed to us so like we get to see the Jay-Z, the Ludacris's, the T.I.'s, the Lil Wayne's, the 50s mm-hmm. you know so like the Dipset had like such a huge movement here in the States and then like we saw, like, little pieces of it. It didn't really yeah. influence us, like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we, it, like what you say, it slipped because there was so much going on in that moment in time. But, like, I yeah. remember, like, Cameron, you know, Cameron, Jewels, and, and Jim Jones. But, like, yeah. they don't, it's like, it's like, the, I was, the, the example of someone who is, like, that, who is super huge here. Right? I was, like, surprised. Like, damn, like, he's huge. Gucci, right? Yeah. When I first came here, when I first moved to Houston, right, one of my boys, uh, Lothario LT, like, mm-hmm. right, you know, like, I'm playing Jeezy, right, boom, 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 I'm asking, you know, so, you know, you, know, you listen to this new Jeezy, or, like, uh, what do you think about, uh, get, uh, you know, uh, what's the Jeezy first album, TM101, and then he's like, nah, I don't listen to Jeezy, I'm like, you don't? And he's like, nah, yeah, beef with Gucci, huh? 
I ride with Gucci, right? Mm. And I was like, bro, the lemonade dude, they was like, yo, don't ever talk about Gucci like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, now, like, I knew Gucci's music, like, you know, Wasted Lemonade, you know, like, you know, it's mixed, like, the kind of mixtape stuff, and, you know, when I right. came in, it's when I get into the Gucci mixtape, right? Uh. And then, like, people ask you, and people going back, and then people play, like, she's a fairy super girl, whatever, like, all that, like, uh. but he was like, yo, I don't, we don't even rock with Jeezy, because, like, uh. you know, I'm, I'm Gucci, you know, yeah. like, and I explaining, and then him telling me, like, yo, Gucci's the reason this guy's popping. You know, like Gucci is huge. Like, yeah, go up. Like, a little bit connected to that point we're talking about, like older siblings. I think like your area code also has a large influence in just like what you like, right? Mm -hmm. For example, I think, and this is a very like super niche example that like you know a lot of people won't understand. But if I say Moochie to you, yeah. You know what that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I already know. My sister sent me the list. I haven't listened to it. I was going to ask you about it. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she sent me the list. I haven't mm-hmm. listened to it, but like, yeah. When she said that, I was like, no, that's the greatest high school song ever. Ever. But but context, context to other people, it's like, you know, there's this um song called uh, Muchi. Is it Muchi Gucci? No, but it's Muchi. Muchi. Yeah, Muchi is a rap song that was put out by like these guys. Like, we went to the same high school as. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, I still follow one of them dudes, uh, Shingy. He still yeah. raps. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he still raps in, okay, in cool. San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, it was a huge song that just you have to be from that area to understand how big it was. But yeah, like, you yeah. can't even explain Muji to people who just weren't there. No. You had to be outside. <laughs> So because of that, like my because of my you sent me that, and I was like, but I, I was like to my sister, I really don't know, like was this was your era high school, but I was mm-hmm. like, yo, like Muchi has to be there, and I was like, Swagger Boys have to be there, hunting in the Swagger, yeah, you know, like that, has, yeah, that has to be there, and then uh, I was telling her, like my sister is a huge fan of the Food Album. I don't the know if you the food, the, the food album. What's the Food Album? So the Food Album is like. I think it was, uh, you know, Simba Tag, right? Yeah. So I think Simba Tag, and I mean, she asked her about it. She takes her over about, like, it was a food album. So, like, food album is, like, they made an album where they um, remade all the popular songs, uh, Ningreni, but they were doing them in, in, they were rapping about food, and they're doing them in Shauna. So they were mm. doing one mic. All I need is one loaf, one loaf. And they're rapping, like, Shauna <laughs> in English. Yeah, but, like, I... I don't know if Flopas has it. Like, you can't find that album anywhere, but, like, they read it one mic. Okay. Uh, ah, whatever songs were popping in and in uh, Genuine, um, in those jeans. And then and they, they, but they, they were rapping about food, right? And <laughs> what's so crazy is, like, I've always wanted to, like, even if I was ever bumping into whoever did that album, like, because I think the other guys are DJ, I've always wanted to ask them, like, yo, did you guys... The Food Album was influenced by MF Doom because MF Doom has an album called The Food Album. Right. And in The Food Album, the concept of The Food Album is that like every song is about food, but it's just rapping about other stuff. So okay. like, but like that album was, Ropa, I should ask Ropa, but it's a very, like, it's, even to this day, I think it's, if it was to come out today, like, still be the shit because it would be like old songs. And really? Songs that were popping at that time and they were, Remixing and then making them about food. Robert knows it from start to finish. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna butcher it, <laughs> but yeah, but like, 
Okay. Right, lo- you know, location, you know, like your zip code matters and um, mm-hmm. whoever puts you onto the music, like it took me, me, I was like super, my thing is like the, the misconception that I get from like some of my friends, they think I'm, I like underground or like, I like, I just like stuff that can rap and I just like stuff that has a mainstream appeal. So like, you sound like I, an underground guy. Like, I don't know if like that's come out on this podcast, but like in a previous conversation we had, like, yeah, you sound like one of those like uh, underground purist. rap consumers. Cons- yeah, purists, like backpack rap, like, nah. oh, these okay. stupid kids and their stupid lyrics. Oh, mumble rap. Nah, like, no, <laughs> no. I just like, I just like, I just like stuff that can, I just like, if you're going to rap. And mm-hmm. uh, I just have this knack of just, you know, noticing stuff that has mainstream appeal. Doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. going to be the biggest. Like, I wouldn't tell you, like, yo, Drake was going to be the biggest. But, like, I remember that time I was telling everybody around me, like, yo, J. Cole. Right. J. Cole is that guy. Because I'm like, yo, he's rapping about real life stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but it has some, but the, it's catchy. And, has some, and you can also make hits. Wale is another guy like that. Tyler, the creator. Like Childish Gambino, mm-hmm. you know, um, Logic, mm-hmm. you know, like these are people that, you know, like they rap, they kind of have some underground stuff, but they're mainstream. Right. Future, you know, like um, uh, Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, Ethan mm. Ferg. You know, like, so like I always say, like, I think I like just like the middle class of rap. Middle like, class. What does that yeah, mean? Me, me, as in like they're not like the they're not like the in the one percent or like the top tier with like they're not viewed as that one percent of the with the Drakes and them, but like they just just a tier below that. They 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 sell records. They got hits. Mm-hmm. They sell, you know. And do nice you like venues. the middle? Do you like the middle class because they make a particular type of music? that the mainstream doesn't make or do you like it because you feel like you're listening to something that other people aren't listening to yeah that's a very yo, you're really good at asking these questions boy. <laughs> a bit of both a bit of both a bit of both mm-hmm. so it's like they're not doing what the the, the drakes can do and they nobody's really listening to them so like there's still that there's still a niche of like i'm onto something that people aren't and okay it's still like you know it's still like as an audience as a following it's not like you know what I'm saying it's not like someone like Schoolboy Q Schoolboy Q is mm-hmm. Grammy nominated Schoolboy Q has top 40 records Schoolboy Q was the first TD artist to go number one on the label you like know, he has a, like number one album okay yeah you know that kind of you know what I'm saying like it's not like he's underground mm-hmm. you know he's got like stuff like that and then it's also like you know schoolboy q doesn't do what the drakes do and yeah that's a that's very that's a very good observation you know yeah i like that's why i like it so maybe that's why it looks like my preferences lean a little bit more (laughs) like i like the i like the loopers i just like and also like the underdog i just like always saying like you know but like everybody's talking about this but there's this guy you know yeah like it's like when everybody talks about the young thugs and all them and i was like whenever I was talking about Young Thug, I was mm-hmm. saying I was telling my homies like yo, rich homie Quan. Like right. I'm telling them like yo, rich homie Quan. There was a time when I thought rich homie, rich homie Quan was probably my biggest disappointment. I thought rich homie Quan was gonna be bigger than Young Thug. But that's me though. That shows you also like my 
I don't have the vision like other people have. Like the composition that me and you had earlier before this, mm-hmm. like, when you talked in the week, was like I can't the hit stuff, like the party records. Mm-hmm. Like to me, like I thought Rich Homie Kwan, because Rich Homie Kwan was popping. He had the mixtapes, right? Like the hits, yeah. Like the you know, like the songs that I was like, yo, they're moving and grooving. Like, but the Young Thug had like the quirky songs. Yeah, and they were catchy, but it was building a fan base by that. But like, Rich mm-hmm. Homie, you know, so like. I like that, and then I like, you know, like the Wale's, like, I feel like Wale, I feel like, let me ask you a Drake fan, what's the difference between what Wale and Drake does? Mm. Okay. Sure. No, I'm asking you. Um, What's the question, sorry? What's the difference between what Drake does and what Wale does, in terms of, like, their girl songs? Their girl songs? Um, quality, relatability. Okay. Um, I feel like Drake is just better at rapping like the the skill the art form so like a lot of his stuff comes off a lot smoother than wale both of them like rap at a really high level right don't get me wrong wale is super talented um but yeah the the formula that drake's just found of like you know being relatable but at the same time like maintaining such an elite level of skill is just something that i don't think other rappers have been able to replicate and um yeah the vulnerability is still able to show even like you know so far in his career right it's still like endearing it still does the trick every single time and yeah I think that's the difference between Wale and the Drake. <laughs> that's a, hey, that's a very huge difference. You answered my question. I just feel like Wale writes equally good songs about girls. Okay. If not better songs. Okay. But like you said, like but you you mentioned, you know, relatability, um, better better rapper. Mm-hmm. audience that Drake has managed to reach to but like that's what that's you know like I like but like so like it's like yo the Drake's have already reached where they are so like I like the J. Cole so then sometimes it ends up looking like I'm anti what Drake represents or whatever yeah because of because of like but I'm always like yo you know I'm just one of those people that feel like certain names should be named in certain conversations right so like Wale is one of those people right and I was telling I was giving you an example of the young thug and Rich Homie right mm-hmm. like one of the one of the things I was telling people, like, like I've been telling my homies for the last two, three years, I was telling them, like, yo, money bag, yo. I'm telling them, like, yo, bro. He's hard. Dude. Yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah. this is a dude named money bag, yo. Like, mm. y'all talking about, like, the young thugs, the, the singing trap stuff, but, like, this is a dude named money bag, yo. He does both. I was telling them, like, yo, he's a mixture of the baby. This was before he was, I was this was a little baby stuff popping up, like, and, and they popped out at the same time. They haven't seen them together. I was like, yo. He does what mm-hmm. a little baby does, but it's not as melodic. And, that's just, mm-hmm. and he was building, like, his catalog of albums was, like... And then finally, when he hit, I was like, yo... And I was vindicated. I like, and Maybe that's what I like. I like being vindicated, like, yo. But he finally <laughs> you like, like being everybody early. I like, I like being early. I'm, I'm not yeah. like you. I like that. Like, yeah. I'm telling everybody, like, yo, money bag, yo. Money bag, yo. Money bag, yo. Like, and then now it's like, oh... And then I also become one of those dudes, like... You on that now? Yeah. Like exactly, I become <laughs> like you. Y'all on that now? Okay, it might it might be time for me to you know? Yeah. You know, you know, like money bag, yo, like money bag, yo, Polo G, Rod Wave. Mm-hmm. 
I was telling people like, yo, there's, and then the other people like, you know, like Kevin Gates. Kevin Gates probably has like one of the best ears in rap. And probably best, like one of best the ears you said. Right now, right now, like in terms of like pop stuff that's popping in the South. Let me okay. try to be more specific. Like right. everything that like Kevin the first time I heard Young Blue, Kevin Gates. Mm-hmm. Like NBA Young Boy, Table Kevin Gates. Hard okay. Wave, Kevin Gates. Mm-hmm. Uh Moneybag Yo, Kevin Gates. Remember Kevin Gates was embracing them. Uh whatever it like popping down the like Jay the Young one, mm-hmm. uh Fredo Bang. Oh, like the sub underground stuff that happens here that pops mm. up mainstream. Kevin Gates was like, is already on it, making songs. A lot of people it. attribute the same thing to Gucci Mane as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like always yeah. being like on these like up and coming artists and giving like their first like major cosign. Drake, Drake is really good at that. Yeah. Drake Although really mm, these days, I feel like. It's less of a thing, but like, yeah, like historically, like the Drake cosine has been like important. I feel like that for me, that's how I found Dave, you know, Dave from oh, the UK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, like that one and no song was my introduction to Dave and to see like what Dave has done, like with his career, like since then has been just phenomenal. So, yeah, yeah that Drake cosine is crazy. Yeah, Drake Cosign is crazy. Drake Cosign uh, uh, gigs. I'm not a huge gigs fan. I always knew about gigs, but like... Um, I, I, so, my, I, yeah. I think like if you say that like in a room of people from the UK, like yeah, you'd yeah. probably like no, 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 be no. asked to leave. Yeah, no. <laughs> like my best friend, my best friend used to call me when he was in the UK like, you need to listen to like gigs, you need to listen to this. Like, mm. But like my best friend has this habit of like when he's putting you onto something, he will put you onto like the the rawest version. I was like, but I ain't listening to this. Like so, yeah. like I remember when he was trying to put me on Skepta, he was trying to put me on Grime, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But he played me Temper T or one of nineties Grime artists. So like all I'm looking at, like, bro, this just sounds offbeat and like whatever. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but like, yeah, yeah, with Grime, like you really have to take your time to really yeah. understand it and to really like immerse yourself into like. How the beats progress, how the flows yeah. like you know uh, go on top of that beat, and you know um, they have that like slightly offbeat thing. I mean, to us it's like offbeat, but like to them, like they're in pocket, right? So it takes some time to like really like appreciate that grime flow, especially like the early like Dizzy Rascal yeah. uh, type of stuff. Um, yeah, the Skeptas, the JME stuff. Like the early shit is like a little bit hard to like get into. Like so, like this is the only part I hate about being American. I become American. So I'm like, bro, like man, that shit ain't popping. Like if it ain't American, <laughs> bro. Like I ain't, I ain't got time for all that. Like bro, right, right. You know, it sucks because that's what this side makes you like. Like you know, but like gigs with Drake co-sign, and then Drake is early on to certain pockets that people won't jump onto, like the Block Boy JB. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. uh, McConan. I remember someone playing me McConan mm-hmm. like a month before Drake jumped on Tuesday. I, he might have even yeah. played me the Tuesday song, and I'm like, man, this is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm like, this is some bullshit. Like, I'm just saying, like, but 
you were saying like yo, this is like Empire. What's the group called? Like Empire of the Sun, Sun Empire of the Sun. Like you're saying like it's like some. It's like you were saying like it's like M MGMT rapping over, over like rap trap beats. So I was like, bro, this is some okay. bullshit. Like I was like, this is some bullshit. Then they start like that that I'm, Tuesday track. Like yeah, for sure. Like first listen, you're gonna be like, what the hell is this? But, like, the more plays you give it, like, the more you realize, like, this is a fucking jam. But, but this is how you know I'm a fake-ass nigga, right? So, like, <laughs> so like he's playing me my corner, right? Like, man, this sounds bullshit. Don't ever play me no bullshit like this, like, right? Mm. He's playing, like, I got the Mali, whatever, all that shit before the Drake. So, like, then the Drake song jumps on. So, like, when the Drake shit came out, I loved it. There's some yeah. Drake songs that everybody would be like, yo, as soon as they come out, like... Started from the bottom, I loved it from the beginning. The, yeah. the Tuesday song, I loved from the beginning. The Hold On, We're Going Home, loved it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, like, so then I get in his car and I'm like, yo, you need to listen to this Drake. So I put it on the Drake and Tuesday song. He's like, Tanaka, you, you, like, you bitch ass nigga. Like, he's like, bro, I was playing you, McCone. Like, I, this is, he's like, this is the same nigga I played you a month ago. Oh, yeah. that's for real. So, like, he's like, now you on his dick because Drake jumped on you. I was like, hey, and the shit wasn't hidden. Yeah. I was like, I was like, the shit wasn't hidden until Drake jumped on it. And you sorry know? to like the listeners who uh, probably think this is a Drake podcast now, but no, I feel yeah. like Drake has this thing of like getting on your flow and making mm. it sound ten times better. Oh yeah, and then he has the thing of jacking it, and then people won't even. You don't even want. To, okay, this. Then we'll switch it up. This is my Drake take, right? Mm-hmm. My Drake take is um, Drake dumbed down his music. Drake, Drake after Drake did. If you're reading, this is too late, so that he could, you could jump onto the trap sound, okay, and change the and then his music became a little bit more aggressive. But because mm-hmm. like he he managed to adapt the sound to what he raps about, no one had a problem with it. So it's like oh now Drake's rapping over trap. It's in him doing the tape with Future. Just kind of married it like if future cosigns it, you know, if future cosigns it, then we don't have a problem because the hardest nigga in trap is rapping over trap beats and he's talking about codeine and all this other stuff. And Drake can now be a little bit more aggressive. Then you start having stuff like sicko mode where Drake is talking about pulling up on the ops and no one is like feeling. Because I remember listening to that voice and saying, like, why is Drake rapping about pulling up on the ops? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, like, Drake is rapping a little bit more aggressive aggressive yeah. content because that trap sound allowed him to do that so like he's a chameleon he knows how to get in and then i also feel like and i also feel like drake drake has been doing drake has been doing the migos flow since 2013 but he just you know is has adapted and improved on it so many times right yeah so like i mean i understand why you i understand why you feel the things you feel and think <laughs> the way you think but I think you're absolutely wrong. Really? <laughs> yeah. And maybe we'll talk about that at a later stage to yeah. avoid this podcast being a Drake podcast. Mm. So what was like the music that was popping when you were like in high school? Oof. When I was in high school, I feel like that coincided with like Lil Wayne's huge mixtape era. And that was also, like, Kanye at Kanye. Like, um, I think that was later on, like, graduation stuff. And it was uh, 808s, Kanye. 
Yeah. So yeah, that was like popping at that time for me. And of course, like you know, alongside like you know the American um, hip hop scene, we also had like our own like uh, hip hop scene like within school, right? That I was super in tune with, and also like you know involved in. So what's popping? Then you know people may people may not know these people like this. <laughs> Obviously, we had Pip and his boys. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, with Muchi and them. Um we had uh from St. John's, like you had like Prince Bubs and them boys, like with Class uh, Cartel. Um you had ammunition from Arendelle. Mm-hmm. They were popping too. <laughs> I was popping too with my own group. <laughs> you used to rap? Never mentioned used to that. rap, man. Oh, for real? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I'm, I'm about to go check this shit out. I mean, you need to send me a link. What is your group name? What is your it's, group name? It's, it's in that folder that Ropa sent you. Um, So oh. our group name was DSB, and it meant uh, Dem Slick Boys. Originally, <laughs> originally it was Dem Saints Boys, but okay. we thought, hey, man, we got to think bigger than, like, high school. Like, if we say Dem Saints Boys, like, that's going to always attach us to, like, St. George's College. Yeah. So How many of y'all in the group? Um, it was originally five of us, and then um, it became four. Uh, three of us rapped, and then one of us was like a DJ Khaled who did like the intros, and the outros and ad libs. Did you guys ever like perform anywhere? Yeah, we had one disastrous performance at like uh, one of my friend's birthday parties. And that was the first and last time we did that. Wow. Like, so how did you guys, like, form, like, a group? Like, it's just, like... I think it was... This. That's so interesting. Yeah, it was just one of those spontaneous things where we're just like, yo, we should make, like, a rap track, right? And everyone's like, okay, word, word, word. Yo, write a verse by tomorrow. Wow. Tomorrow comes... Some people write a verse. Some people don't write a verse. The people that write a verse, like, we're on board, right? We organize transport to go from school to the studio. <laughs> we find the <laughs> studio. We actually recorded at Tag's studio, by the way. Okay, all right. Yeah. And, like, we ended up even having a song with Tag's. Oh, okay. um, like, and that was, like, the peak of our career, like, our music career, having a song with Tag's as a feature. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a little bit of my uh, failed uh, rap career. It started at 15, ended at 16. Oh, it was that that short-lived? Yeah, it was like a year. But, like, you know, um, so it ended because, um, you know, like, we had uh, a little bit of, like, drama within the group and you know how those things are some people like um drop out early and it's one of those things where i think it just ran its course and yeah, people, people were just like sounds crazy pardon i said five people in a rap group sounds like a lot of drama yeah i mean you know think about wu-tang clan Perfect. how many of them were there <laughs> So, yeah, I think it was just one of those things that just ran its course. Like, it was fun while it lasted. It was great. Um, we got what we got from it. Like, I developed an affinity for writing. 
okay. um, through that process, like really expressing myself through words, through the structure of words, placement of words in sentences. So, yeah. Um, well, look at two questions. Uh, do you think you're the best rapper in the group? Yes. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay, all right. But, but, but I will say, like, um, my voice wasn't the best. Okay. Because, like, I think sometimes, like, with rap, literally, like, your voice can take you from being, like, a mid-rapper to being a great rapper. Um, an example I always try to use for this is, like, Nicki Minaj or DMX, right? Very distinct vocal presence, right? Yeah. That takes them from being average to, like, being amazing. So I didn't have, like, the best voice. But I had flows for days and, like, I could write my ass off. So those okay. two things could, like, you know... Why did you write for you? Did you write for your boys or anything like that? I'm, I really want to listen to these songs. Yo, I'm not gonna put my voice out. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, right. like that, so I won't answer that. But all right, okay. I'll say like I did a fair bit of writing. <laughs> all right, okay. And then yeah. my third question was like, you write, you got a book out, so just tell me a little bit about yeah. the book and like how did rap like you say dub you make you a better writer? So like I'm just rapping because most people wouldn't like you know, especially like our parents would be like, man. You know, Zumakitari is rapping and stuff like, you know, like, but you saying like, you'll be rapping, you know, kind of helped you off. It probably made you better with words and just being able to express them in a certain way. And yeah, I guess it makes you writing better. So just touch on that a little bit. Absolutely. So rap was like, you know, uh, my gateway to like really like focused, concentrated expression, right? Like oh, through yeah. words, through like, um, figuring out what my rhyme scheme was. So, like, I developed an affinity for words, sentences, prose from there, right? And um, later on, like, you know, when we stopped rapping, when I moved to Belgium, I started writing articles on rap. And I actually wrote two articles for uh, Green Label, which was a subsidiary of Complex Media. Oh. Um, so I think, like, actually being paid for my opinions on rap like, it gave me a lot of confidence as a writer, right? And then fast forward to, like, you know, um, the rap thing settles down. Um, I'm actually now starting, up like, a career in, like, you know, more traditional things. Like, I'm interested now in things like venture capital and entrepreneurship. Uh-huh. And I really wanted to understand, like, where I, as a Black person, fit into this ecosystem, and where black people fit into it, given that I didn't see any black people within leadership positions in venture capital and entrepreneurship yeah. here in Belgium, right? Uh-huh. So for me, the best way to organize my thoughts is to write. So I was like, hey, uh, why not write a book about this? I'm going to learn a lot through the process. And uh, it's going to be like, you know, a uh, source of inspiration, a source of, um, you know, uh, sort of like a place where people can gather their own thoughts, have conversations on the topic and, you know, move conversations around the topics of racial inclusion in these spaces forward. You know, one thing I started to realize about you, Tina, and I saw them sound like it, it's like you were one of those people like, you put your mind something, you're going to find out the information and you're going to go and do it. Like, okay, rap group. Okay, this everybody write their rap. So I'm going to write their rap. Let's find a studio. So, like, yeah. I feel like the same thing also happened with the book, okay? Like, everybody can, you know, it takes a certain type of mindset for someone to wake up and say, okay, I'm going to write a book, right? Yeah. 
that's what it was like. But then it, the process of just going by and doing that is very mm-hmm. interesting to me. Like how, how, okay, so like, okay, you wake up and say, okay, now I want to write a book. So like, mm-hmm. how do you go from there, from the idea into, um, from having an idea and then start working on creating it into completion? So um, I have the idea. It's something that's sitting in the back of my mind for a while, right? So mm-hmm. um, I always wanted to write a book. I wrote like a hustle list at the age of 17. So it's like a bucket list, but like a hustle okay. list. Absolutely. So like these are things that I want to actively work towards like in my life. And one of those things was uh, writing a book. So it's the seed was planted there for like writing a book. Mm-hmm. And when the opportunity came to actually like uh you know uh, write the book through like uh, being contacted by a hybrid publisher uh which is a new degree press i was just like you know why not like i have this thing that i really want to learn about and yeah why not uh, write a book if not now then when and uh, if not me then who uh, nah, that's 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 dope man so yeah. what's the title of the book the title of the book is The Black Opportunity, Conversations on uh, Venture Capital and Afropean Entrepreneurship. Sounds, that's a dope title. The Black Opportunity, that's catchy. Yeah. Okay, is it out yet? Or like what, where are we at with it now, right now? So it's out on okay. uh, like everywhere where you can buy books. So Barnes & Noble, Amazon, uh, com. if you're listening from Belgium. Um, so yeah, it's available online and yeah, um, please buy my book. It'll go a long way to, you know, uh, advancing my career as a quote unquote writer. So yeah, if you're listening to this, I would appreciate it. Nah, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to put people on because that's, you know, like, even like when I see my sister post your stuff, I'm like, damn, like, they just be like, yo, he wrote a book, you know what I'm saying? Like. Arthur, so it was very like I never I never had the conversation but it was just very interesting just like like just how do we go about it so like I appreciate you even uh, giving us information on it but like um, so here's a couple like things that um, you know like just like rapid fire questions right mm-hmm. I like most obscure like artists you listen to in high school or who was popping in high school that you didn't get oof that's a super difficult question, man. Okay, I can, I can, um, I can give you, I can give you an example. Uh-huh. Okay, like let's say, like for me, it was kind of like I would say Soldier Boy, uh-huh. but like let's say the the New Boys. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> were they know, like, were they obscure though? Yeah, I feel like they were pretty mainstream. I may be obscure is the wrong word for what I'm. It's just like I mean, maybe I'm looking at random. I don't know. Random. Like, uh, maybe New Boys. I can't think of it. Uh, you know. You know who I loved in high school and, like, no one really... Exactly. Like, yeah, like shared that. that, like, yeah. same affinity towards that artist. Paul Wall. Wow, I love Paul Wall. Wow. I loved Paul Wall. I love... I love Yeah, I loved, like, his... The draw, like, that sudden draw that he rapped with. I loved, mm-hmm. like... His performance with uh, Kanye on Drive Slow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, every time, like, I heard Paul Wall rap or saw him, like, on TV, Channel O, MTV Bass, like, I'd be like, dude, yeah. like, Channel yo, Powell. what's he going to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say Paul Wall. 
Paul Wall. Paul still even puts out good music to this day. Like genuinely, like I don't radio. know. No, no, you, it does because I'm in Houston, so like it still has like radio songs. He's like, I'm gonna send you something. Okay. You know, like, yeah, I'm gonna send you. It's still like really good. Like it's called the yeah. song called "Swinging in the Rain." Like that was a radio. Like Paul Wall, Slim Thug, all yeah. Like yeah, he's um, hard, bro. He's also on like that song "Tipping on Fofos." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeez, yeah. his verse on that is so hard. Yeah. Yeah, nah, that's a huge ass. That's a huge like song down here. Like I imagine, I can folk. imagine that's like yeah, a that's anthem. Nah, that's a, a super anthem. But like, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, so that was the right way to word it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna start using that. Like, who was someone you liked in high school that people went? For me, like, I, uh, I was a huge Dem Francis boy. Okay. Like I feel like, I feel like the album is a classic. Like it's huge, and then classic. The no, for me, personal classic. Okay, fair enough. Like I know, I know that album start to finish. Like, you know, suck as well, suck as well. You know, I like, I love that album. Shorty mm-hmm. Low, Birdman, yes. Birdman. I'm a huge Birdman fan. Mm. Like legit. Like listen to Birdman albums. Like no Birdman songs. Like Ning Rini. Like my best friend called each other. Bleed that one on it. Like under million. <laughs> like all that. Like huge Birdman fan. <laughs> exactly all that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all that Playboy, all that, like mm. huge, like huge Birdman fan, like son, like my in the worst part of like, like father, like son, mm-hmm. five star general, uh, mm-hmm. like the album with that the, when Weezy came out of jail, like, and then the clips, and mm-hmm. then like um, man, top, top three songs. That you liked in high school, or that was just popping in high school that you just like, yo, they remind you of like parties. Okay, so number one, Moochie. Okay. If you're listening to this and you don't know what Moochie is, just search it up on YouTube. Type in Moochie yeah. Saints Boys and it'll show up. So, number one, Moochie. Um, when I was in high school, Lollipop was super big. Like that Lil Wayne record was super big, and like I love that. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Um, and then for third, I'm in this Lil Wayne like mind state, so I'm just gonna say they had a song. It was like a freestyle type of song with uh, Drake and Lil Wayne, and it was called Ransom. Oh yeah, and I love the fact that Lil Wayne said the whole alphabet. Oh, on a, a rap B, song, B, B, e, F, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's like so high school for me. That was what that's was like, like, you know, that's like tail end of high school for me, man. That brings so many memories. That's when we start a party. That's when, like, yo, homie, we started having a car and the ride around. This is yeah, exactly, wow. exactly. So, yeah, I'm going in, I'm going in, all of that, yeah. Um, all right, um. Top five rappers. Ugh, top five rappers. That's a super hard question to like ask someone on the spot. Okay, but um, I'm gonna try like to say one, and you know this is gonna be like on the internet forever. So I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me later on. Uh, Number one, Jay Z. Okay. Um, I can't put anyone else on number one and feel good about it like tomorrow. No, you so, don't, yeah. it doesn't have to be in order. You can just, you know, 
So okay, yeah. It's going to be your personal crazy. order. Yeah, I, I, I like to have an order, though. Like, I, okay. you know, if I'm going to say a top five, I have to say it with yeah. my chest, right? All right. One, Jay-Z. Two, Drake. Three, Tupac. Ah, four, nah, Lil Wayne. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. And five, I'd say Rakim. Wait, 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 wait. You listen to Rakim, like... Legit, or this is just you saying, like, ah, this is a top five, you know, I gotta do it. I had a period, so I used to participate in this thing called um, MWE, and was a music writer's exercise, I think. Okay. And it's a Twitter thing that music writers used to do, right? Because I used to be in Uh that scene for a while. Uh And um, you're supposed to listen to, like, an album every single day of February, that you've uh, never listened to before. So like a new uh, album every single day and uh, write a tweet about it. And I, my topic I chose for that music writer's uh, exercise was like 70s rap. Because like I felt like that was like a knowledge gap of mine. Mm-hmm. Was it 80s? I think it's 80s. Yeah, 80s, 70s, yeah. 80s. Yeah, 80s. And I felt like that was like a knowledge gap I had like within like, you know, my own... Um, you know knowledge of rap and when i listened to like you know um all the albums that i could like fit within uh, february so that was like what 28 albums i listened to i found myself really loving rakim what he did what he was like able to do on verses and just like his skill level was just so impressive to me i was just like there's no way I cannot include him in my top five somewhere. So it's not like, you know, uh, if I'm at the function and then they're like, yeah, nah, put nah. on some music, like I'll put on some Rakim. But like, if I really want to discuss skill or if I really want to hear something like elite level rapping, like I'll put on some Rakim. Wow. You know, I know a little bit. I know some Rakim, like, but like, I, ain't, I, I know Rakim's verse on uh, the Jay-Z album. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Blueprint 2, and then, like, Rakim has this, like, random song with, like, the R&B group Truth Hurts, mm-hmm. and then that shit is fire, and then, you know, thinking of a master plan. And yep, like that, you know, that shit is hard. What's your favorite, what's your favorite Tupac song? Oh, that's difficult. But the first one that came to mind right now is uh, Brenda's Got a Baby. I hope okay. that's what it's called. It is called Brenda's Got a Baby. Cause I look like a uh, fraud if I just like say like some random shit. No, 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 no. My favorite Tupac song is called "So Many Tears." Okay. I'm a huge Tupac fan. Like, like, see, I had Tupac like my last apartment had like Tupac posters on my wall. Yeah. Like, you know, like yeah, Tupac Zach, you know, like Machiavelli, like all that. Like I listen to. But so like, so many tears is uh, and only God can judge me. And then there's a song I'm missing right now. That's gonna come back to, but like, yeah, uh, and like I think similar to like Rakim as well. Like it's not like you know, um, I've listened to Tupac, let's say, in the last week. No, that's not the case okay. at all. But it's coming from a place like where I understand, like the greatness of like the artistry he was able to produce whilst he was still here. Um, like the impact he's had on rap in general, um, just like his energy that he's able to like 
communicate like off of the screen like through his music like that's special like i don't think anyone else can replicate that they can come close as they may but like tupac had that something special on top of that he was just a really good rapper made really good songs and that's why he's also in my top five the other three it's the other three it's because like you know i've lived with their music i was growing up with their music like i've lived in the eras where like they peaked at and yeah they're in my top five because i recognize that they're super dope yeah jay-z drake Pac, lil wayne rakim what's your top five um uh it's uh number five is 54 is kanye Three is Eminem, two is Ross, one is Jay-Z. Rick Ross? hmm Okay. He's Rick Ross fan. Yeah. Yeah. Like. I, I. Solid uh, little list there. I can't, yeah. I can't, you know, criticize. Yeah. I can't question yeah. you. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I'll, I'll put that, I'll put that against anybody. The only questionable one is Rick Ross. 50 cent ah, 50. I, I mean, feel like the, the knock the knock on 50 is like he only had one great album whoa 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 whoa, whoa. let's not do that yeah, I mean two great yeah two great two albums okay back to back even then and two the, the, my, my knock on 50 is it went by too quick it was four years but no one like red hot yeah. Red Hot, exactly, and no one, you know, like it's 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 Drake, Lil Wayne, Fifty, in terms of just like hot, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like you know, like Red, like you say to yourself, Red Hot. So it was like you know, Fifty, like you know, that's the first rapper, like that's the first rapper, like I gravitated towards as a kid when I was eleven. Yeah, like I remember, I remember having that album and listening. I know that album start to finish, you know, like yeah, was, like. That's a super. I think "Get Rich or Die Trying" to me is like one of very few albums that I can say is a ten out of ten. Oh yeah, it's you know, you know, like uh, it's my favorite. Because that's that was gonna be the next question I was gonna ask you, like your your top five rap albums or like albums that you go on an island with, like that you like, not because like you know the people talk about that you listen to back to back, you know. Oh, so. Right now, that's a really bad question to ask me because I'm listening to like Certified Lover Boy back to back right now, okay, like it's on repeat <laughs> in my wheelhouse. But to answer your question, top five albums I'll take to an island definitely, um, 808s, um, Take Care, uh-huh. um, Get Rich or Die Trying, uh-huh. um, Reasonable Doubt. And I think I would also take Watch the Throne. Oh, okay. Mine are uh, Get Rich or Die Trying. These mm-hmm. are my these are my three favorite albums in order, right? Get Rich or Die Trying, uh, Late Registration, American Gang. Mm-hmm. Those are my top three rap albums. Okay. Ever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, King by T.I. Okay. And uh, oh, this one gets tricky. Damn, King by T.I. And then it's either a game album or uh, it's either a game album or 